the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio. Your real talk station. Your real 24 hours of commercial free programming. Welcome to the Green Room. This is your host, Logan Lystico, filling in for Sean Green. I'll be making love to your ears for the next 49 minutes. So why don't you just sit back, relax, and let me do my thing. I'm here with my main man, Corbin Ross. what's up? Gonna have some special things going on. It's a best of episode. We're gonna look back at the funkiness that was the Sean Green Room in 2009. Sean will be calling in from Pennsylvania, his home state. And he'll tell us what's really going on. Middle America. How you doing? Doing good. Oh, well, still going. <laughs> Still figuring out this whole radio gig. A little uh, pretty excited about this best of episode. Yeah. Oh, it's brought to you, by the way, by Amazon. Uh, and you can get there. Don't go to Amazon.com. That's bullshit. Go to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link. Because not only will you get hooked up with Amazon's great deals, but you'll also help out the show. Right, Corbin? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, man. That's what I I'm usually have like a, you know, a script here, but I, I had that, yeah. you know, ad lib there. So if you want to go to Google, you know, go to SeanGreen.com, then go to Google. Why not? Oh, well, looks like somebody's calling in. Who's you're on the green room with Logan Lystico? Is this, Who is it? Uh, is this Logan Lystico? That's right. You got it, buddy. Hey, what's up? Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Nice. Yeah. How's it going? Who is this? What's your name? Great. Where are you from? I'm uh, Sean Green. I'm from uh, Burbank, California. Whoa, you're calling your own show. Yeah, man. How's it going, Logan? You're in there with uh, Corbin? Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, good hearing from you, Corbin. Yeah, How's great life? to be here. Thanks for letting me be on your show. Yeah, no problem, man. So Please. where where, so, uh, where are you right you now, guys? Sean? What's up? Where are you right now? Are you, are you at home? Yeah, I'm actually uh, back home in Pennsylvania. I uh, came home for Christmas here, so yeah, I'm just uh, chilling in my old bedroom upstairs, uh, hanging out, calling into the program. Nice. All right. Yeah, and it's a best of episode, as I just told our audience here. Um, let's check our first clip out. Uh, I brought a date to the show, and, well, let's just say hilarity ensued. Let's listen to the clip. <laughs> Would you ever get, get into that work, Gina? Stunt press work? No. <laughs> I don't know, from that... From that, uh, that story. Well, that you got as, a, as an extra. You got, as an extra, you were you got to make out with someone. Now, yeah. obviously, you're a woman of principle, and I, I'm not gonna, you know, degrade your character any. But I feel like every chick out there has a price that they'd be willing to take their shirt off in a film. What do you think it would take for you to get take totally your shirt nude. off? No. So Corbin, he's asking my date this that I brought to the show. What do you think about that? 
Oh, does well, Logan, it Logan like... brought a date to the show, so you know, of course, we gotta we gotta interview her, gotta talk to her, and uh, well, I didn't pull this part of the interview, but she uh, she was an extra on some like independent film thing that Logan was also an extra at, and uh, the director just randomly got her to make out with some guy <laughs> who was another you know extra, and she was saying that he got aroused while they were making out. <laughs> And then, Lo- you know, Logan saw that she was creeped out, and then Logan kind of made his move to start hanging out with her. <laughs> wow. So and then, so but, uh, you know, I, I was hoping the, uh, I was hoping, you know, having Logan come in and uh, bring the data on, it would be a deal sealer, but it didn't uh, didn't end up working out, Logan? No. Yeah, no. Sean, it sounds like you scared off a real quality girl, man. Well, <laughs> well, there's more to this clip, actually. Let's, uh... Let's find out just how far this girl will go for how much money. Uh, just take your shirt off. I got 80 bucks. <laughs> like, keep my- so, so just to recap, we're asking her how much she would, you know. Yeah, and the funny, right there, um, when Nick offers $80, I laugh because, like, you know, $80, that seems really low. Yeah, that's absurd. $80 is ridiculous, right, Corbin? $80 oh, for what? For, yeah. To take the shirt off? No, yeah, for her to get topless in like a movie, what what would she ask to be paid? That's what we're asking her here. Oh well, I think you get eighty dollars to walk in the background, so I'd hope she'd get more than that for. Uh, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's let's see what she says. Bron? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, first she says, "Oh, would I get to have a bra on?" Like she's so innocent. <laughs> like, oh, I would never do that. <laughs> okay, so <sorry. laughs> oh, this could be cheaper know. than we thought. Like two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Logan, do you have two hundred bucks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really doable amount, actually. Well, I thought it was gonna be much higher, but <laughs> yeah. I appreciate oh, it. You could have said I anything. Two thousand? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. We- oh yeah, then she makes a joke out of it like, oh. Well, this, this chick seems uh, pretty naive. She was like, wait, should I have asked for more money? <laughs> so they- yeah. The thing is, if our show had any sort of budget, we should have produced the $200. It's not even like the show's being filmed on video. We definitely could have got our topless. Yeah. So uh, in 2010, Logan, if you bring any dates on, we're going to have cash waiting just in case, uh, you know. Oh, I'm going to bring some chicks on then. I <laughs> <laughs> do. That's, that's the goal in 2010 is yeah. to get you hooked up with one of these listeners or, or for you to bring jokes. in a chick and... Uh, you know, have you guys do like a first date on the air? That'll be great. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So what'd you think of that, oh. Corbin? What do you think of this wackiness? Man, I'm never gonna bring a girl on this show ever. <laughs> Gotta keep him away from Sean. Oh well, you know, I figure, uh, you know, we may as well get to the interesting information. I mean, I was just, I was just kind of surprised that she was just willing to make out with some random guy in the set just for an extra role. You know, you figure. Yeah. You're going to hook up with some guy here, at least getting a SAG voucher. Am I yeah, right? It sounded like she was having fun. I mean, I don't think Logan can blame you entirely for his failure. Right, no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think, if anything, that was impressive. She was like, oh, wow, you know. No, she actually, guys. yeah, she put out a little bit after that show. Yeah, so. and then, wait, what happened, Logan? You <laughs> like, made out some more times, and then what happened? Uh, Well, let's just say I did get to see those boobies, but I didn't get to... Uh, you know, do much else. <laughs> Isn't your mom tuning in tonight, Logan? <laughs> That's right. Hey, mom. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I know, Logan, hey, you, uh, you're flying home for Christmas tomorrow, right? That's right. 7 a.m. from Burbank. Oh wow. Any uh, any big Lysico family traditions? Any any uh, Christmas traditions we should know about? 
I don't know. I guess, well, my brother's, uh, I don't know if we're going to be spending the Christmas with him or not. He's been, uh, he's been in and out of whatever, trouble. (laughs) Yeah, trouble guy. Did you get your, uh, would you, uh, did you get, um, you get all your Christmas shopping done? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't do much shopping. I just got presents for my parents and, uh, brother pretty much. Yeah, I uh, I was doing Christmas shopping today, and it was just a it was a goddamn madhouse in the mall. But I did notice, like, it seems, uh, you know, I noticed that mall security they're using the segways. And it's funny, I was thinking about it, like when the segway was first introduced, they were branding it as like, oh my god, this is going to change transportation as we know it. And <laughs> all it's done in the past ten years since it's been introduced is, you know, security guards now use them occasionally. <laughs> And like these, you know, it got a couple cameos in like Paul Blart Mall Cop, but these these goddamn segways <laughs> are to revolutionize transportation as we know it. Yeah. You know, and if you're a security guard, you probably could use the cardio. You're like, isn't that part of your? Wouldn't you enjoy like walking around instead of just hovering on this weird thing? I know. I mean, I yeah. It, you have one of the few fi- nine to five jobs where you don't have to sit in a fucking cubicle and you still want to yeah. be lazy. <laughs> use the segway. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you get some exercise walking around. I, I think that's a, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like a bad gig. Especially if you're a security guard, you want to just, you know, pack on the pants. I, I and the the word, I feel bad for these guys though, because they make them wear uh, helmets. Like <laughs> it just makes them look so gay with these, uh, you know, these segways, and they're wearing these faggy little helmets. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just, I, you know, they're no going at like w- walking speed. Yeah. All right, Logan, uh, what's the next clip? What do we got? What else we got going on? All right, I'm about to hear this for the first time because I wasn't here for this show, and uh, I <laughs> didn't actually go back and listen to it, but apparently one time I couldn't make it, and uh, Cornell arm-wrestled Zap from American Gladiators. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to play this clip. Never heard it before. Is, well, I don't understand. Why does sure. every guy want to arm-wrestle a woman? I don't get that. I think Is it's just to prove you... dominance, but in this case, I that don't... That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> hey, I can we can leg wrestle, too, no later. Arm wrestle. All right. Arm All right, wrestling, leg wrestling. Leg. We're going to have an MMA match here in the studio. You're wearing a, a dress. Skirt let's on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, get a little music. Get, get no Zap. underwear, too. Great. Oh, nice, Zap. All right. Whoa. They're gripping up. All right. They got the grip set. Huh? They're going right-handed right now. Okay, start now. Okay, Zap. All right, Cornell is turning the wrist. Cornell is turning the wrist. Cornell is turning the wrist. Oh, man, she's making a face. She's making a face. She's... Oh, the table. Oh, my God. Cornell Reed. So so what happened? Did he win it? Yeah, he won the, uh, he won the first match, although uh, they did a rematch where, you know, they did the left arm and, uh, you know, the elbows were fully on the table. I think what happened was in, in Zap's defense, uh, you know, there... They were kind of on the edge of the table, like that's what she kept complaining about there in the clip. And uh, I think they, their elbows kind of slipped off, but whatever it was, you know, Cornell won that first round. And wow. I don't know, it was one of those surreal moments. Like if you would have told me, you know, ten years ago, Sean, you're going to be hosting a radio show and Zap's going to be arm wrestling your buddy, I'd be like, no way, I don't believe <laughs> it. But you know, life's yeah. crazy like that. And uh, also, like listening back on that, I, I didn't really notice it as much. Uh, when we were in the studio, but man, Zap really wanted to party. She, she like pointed out that she wasn't wearing panties. She wanted to yeah. leg wrestle. Like, I don't know. I should uh, call Zap up, see what she's up to. 
Nice. Was she hot? I don't. I actually don't know really who Zap is. <laughs> uh, she was. Things. Yeah, she was one of the original. Um, you know, uh, American Gladiator chicks, and uh, you know, hot, hot relative. I mean, she's. <laughs> She doesn't have that like super. She, is she a handsome I mean, she's woman? older now, obviously. Um, she was in Playboy, and her her Playboy photos look really hot from back in the day. Uh, you know, she's got like you know giant cans, but you know, still kind of a little masculine build, but not 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 like Barry Bonds jacked or whatever. You know. I get it. I get it. You got to tiptoe on these showbiz eggshells. It's cool. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Should we go no, to the I, next? Uh... Okay. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried. I don't think I'm going to get blacklisted in Hollywood for uh, for bad mouthing Zap. But no, honestly, I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to mislead the audience and say she was smoking hot. But she also held up better than I thought. So you know, <laughs> do the math on a 40 year old chick who probably did some steroids at some point. She probably like a six or seven, maybe. Uh, maybe yeah. we shouldn't rate her. Okay. I mean, you would you would probably hook up with Zap just for the story. And uh, I don't know. Also, if you're like one of those. Guy who likes to be dominated in the bedroom, uh, I definitely look up Zap. I'm sure she's down to party. Corbin, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Cor- I'll get Corbin's the right guy or, or dominant or whatever, subordinate. Subordinate. <laughs> uh, I think it's something. There was another. Uh, There's another Zap clip in there, right, Logan? Uh, yeah, I didn't have it loaded up, so let me get it real quick. Something tells right. me I would be the subordinate in that story. <laughs> I think everyone's a sub in uh, Zap's world. And apparently she's got this, uh, her daughter was supposed to come in on that show, I was kind of bummed out, but her daughter's like, uh, smoking hot, she's like this 18-year-old, you know, blonde-haired chick who, I guess she's an actress as well, she had, uh, or, you know, she's an actress, she was uh, doing some stuff on, uh, on uh, Heroes or something. She's 18? So, yeah. So yeah, how, how long have you been into this girl? <laughs> Over a year? What? <laughs> No, I just I, I like to anytime anytime a guy says like oh she's eighteen I, I like always think in my head well he's probably liked her for like six for like six months or so since like <laughs> she was seventeen yeah just anytime you, know? you mention that and you point out like oh she's eighteen you know like you already want to point out like oh don't worry everything we're doing <laughs> is totally legitimate <laughs> no I just I just remember uh, Zap pointing that out you know earlier on in the interview well here's uh, <laughs> yeah. it says it's called zappregnancy.mp3 haven't heard this one yet yeah. how yeah, are you able oh sorry did you want to introduce okay this? yeah this is a uh, zap is actually talking about her daughter and she had her daughter uh during the show i mean not literally during the show but like while she was an american gladiator she was pregnant so okay how are you able to be an american gladiator and still have a child i Lie? <laughs> um, I didn't show because I was really, really fit, and I didn't show. And I remember, like, you were talking about the joust. I was three months pregnant, and I was jousting. Oh, my jousting God. You were three months wow. pregnant, and, you're... and I was jousting. Whoa. That does not sound like a good parent <laughs> Would that to not me. been the most extreme miscarriage ever? <laughs> oh, damn. Three wow. months pregnant, and you're, like, how does that, you know, they always say to expectant mothers, like, uh, you know, don't smoke, don't drink. Uh, you know, you might damage the baby's brain. I, I, I'm assuming they don't joust while three months pregnant. Isn't that just implied? Like, <laughs> uh, man, that's just hilarious to me that Zap was so committed to being an American gladiator that she didn't want to risk not, um, you know, not, uh, you know, taking time off. Like, that was her whole yeah. logic. She didn't want to take time off, uh, you, you know, cause she was worried that she might lose the gig or something. That's crazy. Yeah. 
And, of course, uh, just in case you guys are wondering, Zap and uh, the other American Gladiators didn't like the new American Gladiators show. They don't like it. <laughs> they thought they were doing it all wrong. <laughs> and uh, maybe she's right because it, you know, quickly went off the air. It was, uh, did you ever see the new Gladiators slogan? You know what? I didn't see it, but I did. Uh, I was auditioning for something a long time ago, and it was in the same building where people were auditioning to be American Gladiators, and it was free. Oh man, it was a free. Oh show. God, but I'd love to see that casting call for American Gladiators. Just all these like juiced up dudes trying to act real intense. Yeah. Oh man, and and like man, like one hundred percent man, hairy man, with like broad shoulders and like those Goldberg muscles, like that go from your neck, with like yeah. a ponytail and boobs, and it was like actually a woman, but it looked oh exactly God, like really? a freaking man. Yeah, it was like that oh. coach in Scary Movie, Miss Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It oh like man, that. that's disgusting. I, re- I remember when uh, the new American Gladiators came out, they kept promoing it like, this isn't your grandma's American Gladiators. Like, what the f- is that like, that's just the laziest form of promoting of all time when they just point out like, this isn't your grandma's American Gladiators. Like, first off, you don't know my grandma or her taste in American Gladiators, so you're way off. This is exactly how <laughs> Nana would have loved it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Oh, so you all right, so uh, what, are the, what other clips you got in there, Logan? Well, let's see. Uh, I liked this one. Jim Brewer was kind of... Uh, I actually didn't listen to these clips beforehand, but I'm assuming this is where Jim Brewer rips on Will Ferrell for, uh, you know, kind of just being a weird drama guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> but more or less what Logan said. But, yeah, basically, uh, you know, when we were talking, you know, doing the interview and stuff... Uh, Jim was talking about, you know, in Saturday Night Live that there was kind of a, a division of, um, you know, the, the stand-up guys who are kind of more traditional comedians and then the, you know, character actor guys, the sketch guys who, you know, kind of took themselves real seriously, like the Cheryl, you know, Terry, the Chris Kattan. Well, I guess Will Ferrell kind of went into that same, you know, background where they're, they're kind of more traditional theater guys and, I guess they don't necessarily have the same sensibilities as the stand-up. Kind of like two separate worlds. But, uh, yeah, so he's talking about, um, yeah, their interactions, like him and the other stand-ups interacting with some of the uh, the other guys. Here it is. Uh, we really like Norm. No, me, Norm, Colin Quinn, Tracy, pretty much the comedians hung out. <laughs> all, the, all the comedians got really hung out. We understood each other. The sketch guys were... They, they were a little far out. <laughs> <laughs> they're in there. You know, sometimes they were, you know. Sometimes Will, as as gritty as he is, he would he would go in character and stay in it for like two weeks. <laughs> you know, was he, it was was he Brando like or something? Day, and they were like, "All right, we, you know." <laughs> I can't imagine. I get no it, one, you know, save yeah. it for the show, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine Colin Quinn staying in character for uh, two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact. Towards the end, and Will was hilarious. Will would Will would be his characters, and he'd stay in character literally for like two weeks. And it's one of the last characters who I think that's who he took Ron Burgundy from was this really flamboyant artist, and he'd walk around. His name was Ron, and he'd wear these ridiculous yellow glasses, and he'd always come to meet Tracy and Colin and kind of talk down to us. 
And, and we'd be like, you know, go get Will. He's like, you know, I'll go look for Will, but I don't know where he's at. <laughs> so what we would do is then one day, I mean, this is, you know, it's all behind the scenes and the, the way we clown around is some people might take offense to this, but the three of us then would pretend to grab him, pull him in the alleyway, and then rape him. <laughs> Who would take offense so to that? We're pulling off his pants and he's screaming for help as Ron. We're not raping him. Me, me, Colin, or pretend beat him up and Tracy was the lookout. And Tracy would be like, hurry up, say me something. Say me something of that. That's probably the only time Tracy's been a lookout, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we really like. Oh, whoops. <laughs> it looped. Yeah, that's a good clip. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought that was, uh, I, I really liked that part of the interview. He even and, threw yeah, in I mean, the, uh, uh... You know, the way he switches into the Tracy Morgan, and yeah. his, his, uh, Jim laugh is great, too, just that, that, yeah. <laughs> that like, you know, yeah. wild yeah. <laughs> stoner laugh he has. Like, he's trying to, you know, do this transition of being more like a family guy and stuff, but I don't know, I guess the stoner laugh is just so ingrained in him, he can't, he can't get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, just like, ah, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, no, that was a, that was real interesting. Him talking about, um, you know, kind of the behind the scenes stuff and them, <laughs> them messing around and Will Ferrell, you know, taking himself way too, uh, way too seriously and staying in character. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I, I got I, the, um, probably my favorite Will Ferrell skit. Do you ever, have you guys seen the, uh, the Will Ferrell DVD, like the best of or whatever? I have. have yeah. You? Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, they have that one skit that never made it to air, but uh, they had it in dress rehearsal, and they had it filmed in dress rehearsal where he plays Gus Chiggins, the uh, the old timey uh, prospector. Oh man, I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that skit either. How did it go? Oh, uh, it was uh, yeah, it was it was just on the DVD, but it was it was pretty hilarious. It was like him playing this old timey a prospector called Gus Chiggins. And they assign him to uh, Afghanistan. And so, like, it's him interacting with, uh, you know, the rest of this army uh, troop as they're preparing for Afghanistan. It's really, it's really. Oh, so it's like that PBS guy. It's kind of a, is it one of those? There's this no, guy no, PBS he, with a crazy voice. He's like, uh, Chris Kattan is kind of like the corporal. And he's, uh, he's instructing these uh the troops, he's like, all right, guys, this is a, you know, like we said the whole time, this is a non-traditional war, and, uh, you know, we're going to do some non-traditional things or whatever, and so uh, we brought another guy onto the team, and then they, and then the guy shows up, and it's Gus Chiggins, this, uh, you know, Will Ferrell dressed up as like an 1840s uh, miner, and he's got, he's got all these, uh, you know, pans for digging for gold and stuff that he's rattling around, and, you know, he's talking about how he's going to show them you know the you know show them uh, how to survive in Afghanistan and stuff. It's, it's a great skit. Wow, for checking out. Now, uh, was there another Jim Brewer clip? Uh, let's just see here. Yes, I think Jim we have Brewer the other one NBC. where it's uh, Jim Brewer versus NBC. Yeah, I got it right here. Uh, okay, yeah. Intro. Uh, I don't think this. You know, basically, this is just. We were talking to him about how he got the show or how he got to be on SNL. I wasn't even supposed to be on that show. It was now. What do you mean by that? You weren't supposed to be on Saturday Night Live. Well, that was the first time. That was the first time that NBC was trying to take over Saturday Night Live, and 
NBC wanted me to be on the show, and Lorne Michaels did not want me on there. Saturday Night Live went nothing, and I refused to audition for it. Oh. And they were like, no, 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 it's brand new writers and brand new cast. You're going to love it. I said, no, I, no. So now there's... I, I, I want nothing to do with that show. I never watched it as a kid. I didn't, I didn't really get it. So you... First of all, that's very interesting for a comedian to say that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's surprising like that he didn't really, uh, you know, it, it's, it is kind of weird that he had like no reverence for it or whatever that, you know, he wasn't even going to audition. Like in my mind, that's just mind boggling. Like it's not like he, he had a lot going on before he got SNL and to just flat kind of, well, I guess he didn't really turn it down. So, you know, I think he's just kind of a pain it that way. But I, I guess it kind of makes sense if you're a more traditional stand-up and stuff like that, you're, you're more into watching stand-up, and you, you didn't like the skits as much. I mean, I know for me, I always identified more with, like, the weekend update part of it, you know, that kind of stuff, right. which is, you know, because it's pretty much just stand-up, except they're sitting down and, you know, showing pictures of the news or whatever. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty surprising. All right, well, here's the next part of the clip. <laughs> so you were saying there was a power struggle at the time, and you... <laughs> power struggle and so when I finally auditioned for it um, Lauren Michaels made a pretty loud and clear statement in the newspaper that I was written off just from auditioning wow. and so you know NBC then fought like no he's going back and you know like two and a half months later I finally got it after a couple meetings and coming to see me live and it was, it was a long process so by the time I got it, it I, I didn't have it was about eight days before the first show, so I never had that, wow, this is great. I, I never even had time to think. And then once I got it, I had about six episodes to do something while I was fired. Uh, but did you grow to appreciate it? Because you were on there. I mean, you came in that 95 class with a lot of really talented people, right? And I mean, Oh, it was a great cast. It was Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon and Daryl Hammond. It was a phenomenal cast. And uh, it was good. I made my mark. Did what I had to do when I got out of there. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that was just surprising, and uh, it's just uncomfortable. Like, could you imagine you're on a show where the boss, like, wanted nothing more to do with you than to, like, not have you on the show? So yeah, usually the, know, the usual Hollywood story, the studio is kind of the bad guy or the person that doesn't want, want you know, blank artist. But in this case, it would yeah. be the studio well, yeah, that's that was what he on was his talking side. Because, you know, if you, if you read the history at all of the SNL versus Lauren, like, you know, there have been times where, like, NBC's kind of tried to, like, take more control over it or, you know, like, and, you know, he's backed off and, you know, he would, he didn't work on the show for, like, five years in the early 80s. So it's always kind of been this little tug of war. And usually, you know, Lauren gets his way, uh, you know, just because the show's been so successful and stuff but. I guess this is one of the times where the the network really, you know, especially in these transition periods of different casts where the show's kind of not doing well, I think they have a little bit more leverage. Like, all right, Lauren, let us step in. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, could you imagine, like, all right, Lauren Michaels, you know, he's the guy that you pitch the skits to. He's the one making the call, like, whether or not your shit goes on the air. And then you have to... <laughs> so this guy doesn't want you even on the show. It's like, it's got to be so... De, you know, demoralizing, yeah. and then you got to pitch the the skits to this guy, and then what is Lorne Michaels really gonna like do anything to help you or to 
to kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, let's let's get that character on, like let's get that skit on. Like, no, he's if anything, he's gonna want to not put you on the show and see and like be able to tell NBC, like, see, I gave this guy a chance and he sucks, you know, like. So Lorne Michaels, the guy who holds all the power there, he's totally against you. I mean, that's impressive that Jim Brewer was able to stick it out and able to, uh, you know, hang in there and make his mark. You know, that makes it that much more uh, surprising. Yeah. Yeah, that would seem so hopeless. I, I should have got into it more, like, asked him, like, how his relationship was with Lorne, like, after, you know, after his time or how it changed, like, once he kind of, um, you know, made his mark like he said i guess he also you know in the interview he talks about how like you said those first couple episodes he wasn't even getting on at all and um you know i guess he was doing uh joe pesci and then one of the writer's assistants heard that and was like all right yeah we got to do that and so the joe pesci that was like his first kind of breakout character and that's what you know saved him from staying on the show yeah yeah, there there were a lot of interesting things revealed on that show. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was a good interview. Exclusively and, uh, on the know, Green Room. If you want to hear the full interview, go to SeanTGreen.com. Uh, you know, while you're there, you can click on the Amazon link. Maybe order some, uh, you know, SNL Best of DVDs, stuff like that. You can order uh, Jim Brewer's Half-Baked. All you do is go to SeanTGreen.com, click the Amazon link, and you're good to go. You can uh, access all the archives, check out all the old shows that uh, Logan and I have been involved in. Now, uh, he also talked about um, being friends with Norm. And as, <clears throat> sorry. as it turns out, Norm has a lot of interesting friends, uh, one of which was Kato Kalin. We learned that in, uh, I didn't pull a clip of it, but Kato Kalin, I guess, ended up being, uh, you know, friends with Norm McDonald for a while, and they were like good golfing buddies and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of weird because he, you know, it's just funny. Like, SNL, I just remember, you know, Norm just, you know, tearing into OJ every week and just, you know, the jokes are just so insanely vicious that it made it that much more hilarious. And he, he just <laughs> kind of pointed out the absurdity of this man, how is he like, you know, it's, he's so clearly guilty, but he ended up getting away with it. <laughs> yeah, and, well, Cato uh, seems to think he's guilty too, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but because Cato like, was actually on our show as well, and we got a clip of that also. And here it is. 25. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay, now what age did you get married? Uh, I got married. I was a virgin at 25. No way. Dudes, I'm like incredible. No way. I'm no, Kato, come on. You are I am telling you. Come guys, on. I, like, I'll, I'll believe. I, I shouldn't even tell us on the show, but that's yeah. Crazy. I, waited, I believe the I sobriety stuff. I was raised really Catholic. <laughs> did you hear me in the background? I was just like, that's crazy. Like, I was totally in shock. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know something's crazy when Logan's just response is, man, that's crazy. <laughs> It's, it's so crazy. He has to point out how crazy it is. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and no. It, how, do, I mean, how do you hang out with Norm McDonald and not get any like you know scraps? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, so wait, now, yeah, he lost his virginity. Is that the end of the clip, Logan? No, uh, it keeps going. You're okay. Yeah, I well, I was raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic, and I actually honored the whole thing. And I said maybe it was a mistake. Now wait, so you on your on your wedding night were a virgin. Uh, no, not on my wedding night. Oh, okay. But Virgin the, with, with my fiancé up until okay, up so until a week before. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you we wait. Wow. 
Well, what was the point of holding out until a week before? That's what I was just thinking. I think that's the first thing that goes through your head when you hear something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah why no, not I just know. wait till marriage at that point? We end up saying something like that. Oh. You wait till oh, you're man, 25. You I don't know if I really did it, did it, but I, I consider that I did it. Man, that get, he's he talks like a 13-year-old. Yeah, still. I don't know. How old <laughs> is this guy? <laughs> That's Kato Kalen. Kato Kalen, I mean, there's so many interesting or bizarre things about him. You know, he's, he's like a 50-year-old dude who's, you know, frosted tits, looks like in great shape. Uh, you know, he looks like he's like 28, and uh, you know, he talks like a valley girl. He's got all this energy. He's got all these like you know different points of view, and uh, you know, just takes on life. And and then he's also involved in like the craziest crime of all time, the trial of the century. But yeah, when we asked him, that made no sense to us. That all right? So okay, you you're raised Catholic. You believe that having premarital sex is a mortal sin or whatever. You know, so you wait your entire life. But then you came, like, the one week before the <laughs> wedding. <laughs> that yeah, was really the craziest part of that. Yeah, that's weird. Well, well he, d- he didn't, it sounded he didn't like do he didn't, it, do it, but I consider yeah, that yeah, I What did was it. that about? That's the craziest part of the whole story. He he said it like he didn't know if he did. Like, even that was either. a lie. Like, what, was, what was that about? Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of missed that when we were doing it live. But, I yeah, that's too. also confusing. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether or not... Did you, did you I don't know put if your did penis in or, or not? I, I mean, did it. It seems, sounds like that's simple. You know, maybe... Yeah, he's, he's a grown man and he's still yeah, that's unsure of what is sex. <laughs> he's an interesting guy, to say the least. I don't know. I, I don't know this guy, but i got to be honest. All that stuff you talked up about him, like that whole <laughs> comment right there totally made me like think this guy's weird. Yeah. Well, he is weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, weird, you know, but it's it's... So those things like you want to just hate him because it's like, oh, Kato Kalen, what a douche. And then you meet him, and the guy's <laughs> the guy's really friendly. Yeah, and, uh, nice. it was weird. I met him doing stand up, and he uh, he he goes up to me and he's like, uh, all right, yeah, you, uh, just give him my credits. Uh, tell him I've been on uh, Larry King Live. Um, tell him I've been on uh, Barbara Walters. Now, first off, everyone knows who Kato Kalen is. We don't need to be giving your credits. Yeah. And secondly, you can't you can't use those credits for a stand up comedy show. Like that's, <laughs> that's the reason Larry King had you on Larry King. Like, oh, this rising uh, young stand up. No, it's because you're a, a witness in the the trial of the century. That's why they had you on. You've seen him on 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wanted me to use those quotes. I did. And then and then he goes and then add in uh, America's favorite host. Or at least that's what I thought he said. And then I said that, America's favorite host. And then he got up on stage and corrected me, and he goes, no, it's America's favorite house guest. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> First off, you're the last guy you were a house guest of, you testified against him in a double homicide. Like, <laughs> I'm sure O.J. Simpson is not a huge fan of Kato Kalen. That also seems like such a weird mistake of the credits, like, I mean, was was it a joke in and of itself? Was it supposed to be a joke? I don't know. Kato Kalen's, um, you know. Because it seems I mean, like uh, something that, like, God, like I said. seems like something that who just moved to Hollywood would do, you know, like, oh, I want to be a stand-up comedian, so I'm going to, like, drop all these credits and go to the, you know, Laugh Factory and wait for four hours outside. I don't know. Right, and it's like, who, so, I mean, it, all right, so you're in the audience, 
for some reason you're not aware of who Kato Kalin is, <laughs> but you're aware of like, oh yeah, oh, okay, oh yeah, he's that guy I saw on Larry King. Like, no, you know who Kato Kalin is. <laughs> I mean, he's usually the last guy. He's probably one of the more famous guys in the in the country. You know? Yeah. I don't think he needs that. So, what uh, what other clips we got loaded up, Logan? Well, we have Sean Freak out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Strap yourselves in, folks. Uh, Nikki's not here, so I'll, I'll, we can just play her stand up and uh, mock it. So. All right, Nikki, on, Logan. Pause it for a second. It's paused. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, basically what happened was uh, Logan Logan overslept and didn't show up for the show, and then uh, so I was just by myself doing the show, and then Nikki, uh, this, this comedian that was supposed to be called in, she totally flaked on the show too. So at the end of the show, I was just like. <laughs> Really fired up and just, uh, well, there you go. Uh, Nikki's not here, so I'll, I'll, we can just play her stand-up and uh, mock it, so. I, um, I recently had to do a hard thing. Uh, I recently had to do a hard thing. Uh, I had known for a pretty long time, just recently asked me out, and I had to do the difficult thing of saying, you know, I just want to be friends. Uh, oh, man, that is difficult. Uh, <laughs> nice one, Sean. I feel like this is some weird uh, loop I'm in where I'm on a phone listening to myself, listening to something <laughs> and comment on it, and I'm supposed to comment on it. That's this weird <laughs> paradox I've created. But yeah, this is this is really embarrassing. <laughs> First off, like I don't even I don't even rip into her in like an interesting way. I just I do like the five year old thing of just repeating what everyone says and just doing it in a mocking like tone of voice. <laughs> Alright, keep I let it keep going. Alright, this is the clip. I'll point out when we're live and when it's the clip. This is the clip. Oh man, that is difficult. Oh, I have to do that all the time. Um, I obviously this isn't very creative mocking her, but I'm just annoyed that she didn't come on the show, so Which is really hard for me to do because I don't even want to be friends with him. <laughs> oh, you're so much better than him, Nikki. Oh, the guy who just had you know, mustered up the courage to ask you on a date. Oh, you're so much better than him. <laughs> Well, apparently we're strangers because you're too cool to come on the show. God damn it. Uh, Nikki Glazer, uh, kiss my ass for not coming on the show. Logan, actually, yeah, Logan, go fuck yourself too. I don't give a fuck. I can do a show regardless of anyone else. I don't give a fuck. Um, you know, don't get Logan late. I don't care. If you want to turn, if you want to have people listen to the show, <laughs> do it. I really don't give a fuck. I'm not making any money on this. I don't give a fuck. Goodbye. See ya next week. <laughs> See you next I love week. it. Even though I'm totally flipping out and just losing my shit, I still make sure to promo next week. <laughs> but oh, man. Uh, yeah, I forgot about the Logan. Obviously, I forgot about the get Logan laid promotion that you were. <laughs> yeah, that was that was supposed to be, but I got too angry during the episode for you not showing up. Uh, <laughs> that you know, I just decided fuck, fuck everyone, and uh, you know, yeah, I just got a little angry, but uh, Logan and I patch up our differences, but. I gotta say, in my defense, since I went on that tirade, Logan has not been late. He's been very <laughs> prompt. You know, if he if he misses the show or whatever, he lets you know well in advance. So, yeah. well, you know, as unfortunate as it was, you, you only had to pair him a new asshole once, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. It did get results. If I must uh, defend myself. Well, uh, damn. So, Logan, you have a. Uh, <laughs> 
You're so a hard what, ass. Bro. What, what was your take on it? I, I felt bad. I apologized, and we, you know, we worked it out. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, it hurt my feelings when you said I could go fuck myself, but I, I, I pretty much. <laughs> I it was my fault for not showing up. I mean, I didn't show up to the show, you know. Right. No, and you know, and Sean, you know, Sean has a temper. I, I actually, I don't think you've ever been <laughs> mad at me though before that. So I was like, oh shit. Well, yeah. No, and uh, yeah, you know, and some of that's for the air too. It's like, well, what am I gonna do? Just sit around and mope, like you know. And then once you yeah. get kind of going, and uh, you know, you get all riled up, and, <laughs> you know, as a performer, you know, maybe yeah. some of that's a little showbiz bravado, you know, trying to cut loose. Yeah, but uh, I don't yeah, think so. I think yeah, you were really pissed at Logan, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> You're an angry guy. Well, because I think he was expecting me at some point during the show to show up late, and just by the end of the show, he realized I wasn't showing up. And it, yeah. I, I could totally. Well, I listened to the whole show. Like I. <laughs> it well, see, that's funny. the thing. Like, if Logan would have just called in or something or whatever, you know, that it would have been fine. Or if Nikki would have called in. Or whatever, that would have been fine. But then the fact that Nikki blew me off, and then the whole the whole time I'd just been sitting, kind of waiting for Logan to show up at some point, and then Nikki <laughs> blows me off at the end of the show. That you know, yeah, it's really, like uh, it's like watching a porno and the girls never coming. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> lit, like, lit my fuse. So. Yeah. Cool, uh, Logan. We see. got any uh, any other clips loaded up? Um, we got Kramer hypnotized. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, that Chris Brown one's really long. We don't have to get to that, but... Uh, and then there's a Billy Mays versus Slap Chop. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, we can get through both those. Um, real quick on uh, Kramer, uh, my roommate, he uh, came in, and we had this hypnotherapist who does, like, past life regressions. Well, first off, the guy's, the guy's pretty crazy. Like, he told this story about... Uh, how he he teleported from New Jersey to the Caribbean one time, and he, I guess he only teleported once. But uh, yeah, he he claims to do like past life regressions where he hypnotizes you and gets you to talk about your past life. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, as kind of crazy as this guy was, he definitely was able to hypnotize my roommate and got him talking about his past lives, and it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So uh, let it go, Logan. As I count backwards from 10 to 1, I want you to go back into the nice, comfortable, relaxed, hypnotic level, and I want you to go back to the life as Mick during the Civil War, on the count of 1. Number 10, moving back in time, feeling good and comfortable, so relaxed. 9, 8, number 7 now, number 6, letting information crystallize into your awareness. Number 5, number 4, number 3, you are there. Number two, <coughs> number one, number one. Okay, now, can you tell me what you perceive now at this time? Gorman, wake up. You can answer questions and still remain in I'm awake. Tell I'm working on the haiku. <laughs> oh, sh- oh, that was a surprise. Anyway, back to the clip. You can answer questions and still remain in trance. Can you tell me where you find yourself? Field. Okay. And what's going on now? Eating. Okay. What is your name? It's Mick. Mick, and what is your occupation? What are you doing at this time? Soldier. Okay. And what color is your uniform? Blue. Okay. And 
how do you feel about the war itself? Excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's still got the same personality oh, in his pants. That was my favorite though. line when he said he's excited for the war. Because we always joke about, around with Ryan calling him like a meathead and you know saying he's always amped up, but that's just funny picturing him in the Civil War. Uh, you know, this guy from New Jersey all jacked up, ready to go fight the Civil War. Yeah, it made perfect sense. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, Brian definitely seemed hypnotized, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely know he wasn't faking, so that part was real. I mean, I, obviously, I don't really believe in past lives, but, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting uh, character. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so we got that, uh, that, um, now this is this last clip is uh, Billy May's son uh, calls in and does an interview. He um, he was uh, or he's still I think he's going to be on the next season too of uh, the Pitchmen show on the Discovery Channel. It's well, it was Billy Mays and his partner, and you know it's just about you know how they come up with the infomercials. You know they they have a couple people that they're making infomercials for. It's actually you know it, it, Billy Mays is a pretty charismatic guy. It was kind of a fun reality show. But uh, his son also kind of, you know, made some guest appearances and whatever. And this is, uh, it's kind of eerie because he called into the show on a Thursday and then his dad passed away like two days later. So it's kind of bizarre. But this is yeah. him talking about uh, his dad and his uh, Billy Mace Sr. and their rivalry with Vince, the uh, flat chop guy or ShamWow guy. It's just, let, me, let me just tell you how let me tell you how this whole story uh, came into play real quick. It's a short story. Oh yeah, sure. Give my us dad, a backstory. My dad my dad and Tony at the Super Bowl in Tampa this year and um, they happened to go into a, a box, into a private box and Vince is in that box too, because it's a company that it's a media company that oh, they both no. use. So Vince is kinda kind of a cocky guy apparently. <laughs> and uh See that's the difference. You know, my dad goes up to him. My dad, my dad's nice. He goes up and talks to him, and you know, my dad signed autographs all the time. And apparently, Vince didn't want to didn't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> the Shamwell guys. They, they had a few words. They had a few words in the box, <laughs> and um, basically, Vince crossed the line just in in uh, casual conversation. Crossed the line somehow. <laughs> I'm not going to go into how. And my dad said, you know, one more word, and it's going to be your last. <laughs> I just love oh, Billy Mays threatening someone's life like one more word and it's going to be your last. Unfortunately, Billy Mays passed away and it appears that Vince, the Slapchat guy, guy had the last word. But uh, Billy Mays, rest in peace, man. That, that was just I just found that so hilarious that the you know Billy Mays seems charismatic and nice and you know you know isn't cocky as you shouldn't be for a, you know an infomercial pitchman. But I love how it just totally gone to the ShamWow guy's head. You know, he's getting involved with these prostitutes. To, there's that whole incident where he <laughs> ended up punching a prostitute in the face because he kind of looks like a method when he does those. His tongue and refused to let go of his tongue, so he had to punch her in the face. I just love how the the Shamwell guy, the fame has gone to his head. He looks. He kind of looks like a crackhead or a method to me. He's got yeah, those I mean, kind of deep. I can't imagine uh, that. You know, you get a prostitute, you try to make out with her. I feel like you got to be under the influence of some substance. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know, hopefully he's not making those decisions sober. Yeah. Well, well uh, all right, guys, I, I gotta head out here. Uh, Logan, great job hosting the show. Merry Christmas to uh, you and Corbin. Corbin, thanks for uh, sitting in, and then uh, Logan, I'll hand it off to you to wrap up the show. Uh, Merry yeah, Christmas, Sean. Uh, Corbin sounds like he was gonna do a haiku, so 
Take care, guys. I got and, a good uh, one. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. You have a good one with you and yours. And uh, I believe Corbin does have a haiku for us. Yeah, so I've been working. I've been working on this haiku like throughout the show. All right, we got we got music for you. So you ready to go? Okay, I'm ready. Oh God. Can I keep the bra? Cato sleeps with wife, maybe. Maze bitch slaps slap chop. Nice! That's the show, folks. Let's see. What song should I go out with? All right, we're going to do the crazy radio outro, Corbin. <laughs> All right, I can't wait. Let's do it. You just listened to The Green Room with your host, Logan Lysico, sitting in for Sean Green. And I got my right-hand man here, Corbin Ross. How you doing, Corbin? I'm doing great, Logan. Everybody out there, have a Merry Christmas, and thanks for tuning in to The Green Room. All right, you guys, be sure to come back in January and check us out. Goodbye. Merry Christmas.